So welcome to another episode of the Swamp Inside Ford Athletics. I'm your host, Anthony Beck, along with my co-host. I am Breezy I.I., a.k.a. Jerry Brown. How you guys doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing good, man. Just watching uh, Orlando and Boston play and uh, reflecting on this past weekend's college football slate. Ugh, there's a lot of reflecting, but that's what we're here for. Yep, that's what yep. we're here for. And we have a special guest joining us tonight. You know her from being the co-host of Out of Pocket with Alyssa Lang on the SEC Network and former Tennessee Volunteers basketball player. And Andrea Carter, how are you doing tonight? Hello, I'm good. Thank you for having me. I was uh, actually just watching a lot of college SEC coaches uh, post-game interviews before I got on with you all. Wow, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I know working as an anchor is a I, – I, I know it's got to be – it's got to be – it's a good job, a nice job to have. So, but at the same time, it can be a little tiring. I can understand that. Oh, it's amazing. Well, football is so new to me. Uh, not the sport, obviously, but, um, you know, like just the schedule and kind of the routine. I'm in a bit of a routine now. Like on Mondays, I watch all the post-game interviews and prep some interview questions for my next game. And, and like I just have a routine now, so that's been helpful. Um, but it's been it's been crazy, like just getting used to covering SEC football. Right, right. I would imagine, man, like, just this season, it's because, you know, because COVID is kind of, people are starting to get more comfortable. Everything is getting crowded. And I can only imagine what it's like, you know, for you to go back out there and be in the middle of all those just crazy, crazy crowds. Like, that must be insane. Yeah, it's, it is wild. Um, Everybody's been so nice, though. Like, I mean, from like every coach, uh, Sam Pittman talked to me on the sidelines before the game when I had them. Uh, Brian Harson was like, so, you know, you did basketball and now you're doing football. And I'm like, you know, how do you know that? Like Jimbo Fisher said he re- <laughs> he remembered when I played at Tennessee. And I'm like, I don't I don't know. I just you hear all these kind of horror stories sometimes about right. football coaches and how, you know, they don't think anyone else exists. And, you know, I just I was told, like, just be ready. And now I'm like, what did everyone want me to be ready for besides the hectic schedule? Like everyone, I've been really lucky maybe, but everybody's mm-hmm. been really, really cool and uh, welcoming really. Yeah, so awesome and, yeah, so and kind of getting into that, like with with the state, with the cities you've gone to so far, like which college town so far has been your favorite to kind of travel to? Mm, oh man all right which one has been my favorite to travel to that's tough okay so I've only been to now I've been to four so I've been to Auburn I've been to Arkansas I've been to Missouri and I've been to Texas A&M um yeah so it's crazy because I've been to every campus obviously when you play it you know when you play in the SEC you travel to every campus um but I've never seen any of the football uh, stadiums ever. I mean, I saw Georgia's because I that was like the first school to ever give me a scholarship offer was the University of Georgia. So I've seen them. But um, uh, Texas A&M was really cool. Um, I went to Midnight Yell, which was insane. Just the students and the chanting and the just all of that stuff was wild. Um, Arkansas was cool. I, it's hard to pick a favorite. Um, uh, but I think Arkansas might have been my favorite, just like 
Wow. It was it was an afternoon game. It was packed. Um, just I got talked to the most by people when mm-hmm. I was at Arkansas. Uh, that's kind of a biased answer, but you know, it was just it was like a really nice day. Like it was just a good experience overall. But all of the places I've been have been really cool. Well, when do you go to the swamp? <laughs> I know, right? That's the main question. Yes, I, <laughs> I want to go. I definitely want to go. Um, I I loved playing in the swamp. Like I loved playing in Gainesville. Uh, my actually, God, my second game ever on TV as a basketball analyst was at Florida. So I have a lot of like, I feel like I have some ties to Florida um, and to Gainesville. It's always warm, which is always nice. Um, right. But no, I right. I definitely want to get down there. It's kind of crazy in this. Um, industry not really in this industry but just in my job um i don't know where i'm going until like six to eight days before the game oh my god so like i yeah so like right now i only know that i'm going back to missouri this weekend but i couldn't tell you next weekend i have no idea oh Oh, wow that that is definitely wild i don't know how it because i'm the type person like I feel like I have to know what's going on or I'll freak out. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's wild. But I guess yeah. like I can say the good thing is you kind of know ahead of time so you can kind of prepare for it. And plus you just came from there. So, I mean, you, you pretty much know, like, I guess the what the weather's going to be like, what to take with you. And yes. Everything. No, for sure. Uh, it rained when I was at, there this past Saturday. So that was not fun. I have very <laughs> curly hair. So the rain was a little bit of a oh, challenge. <laughs> um. But it was it was good. Yeah, I think it really just goes back to routine, though. Like, as soon as I get my assignment, I book my travel. I know I'm traveling on Thursday nights. I know I'm traveling back, you know, Sunday morning. And so, you know, I get the assignment, I book the travel, and, and then that next week kind of rolls around and I have the show on Wednesday. Thursday, I travel. And, you know, it's just like every week is kind of the same thing. So you just, like, get into habits of, like, as soon as I get my assignment, I book my travel. And I don't even know sometimes when the travel's happening until the notification pops up on my phone. And I'm like, oh, okay, my flight's in two hours. I guess I should, you know, get it together and head right, to the right. airport. <laughs> so so you, you got to cover the Missouri and Tennessee, Tennessee game this weekend. And obviously being a Tennessee alum, I'm not going to say you had any biases or anything, but <laughs> – um, Pretty sure as a Tennessee alum, you kind of enjoyed seeing that. So what did you kind of take away from that game? So, well, I took a lot of things away, obviously. It's crazy, though, because when I'm working, so the same thing with basketball, like I'm really seeing the game through my work lens. So it was tough for me as Tennessee just like pulled away because – you know, when the game becomes a blowout, the stuff that I have, it, it just kind of doesn't really fit anymore. You know, like the, right. the game is kind of blown out at this point. Like, you know, like I had something on one of Missouri's receivers, but at this point, you know, he'd only caught in a couple of passes and, and he had a couple of drops at that point. So it's like the stuff that you want to say when the game's so out of hand, it kind of just nullifies everything. So for me, I was just like, well, where does my stuff fit now? And then, you know, Tennessee, hmm. I have stuff on their starters. But then they started playing some of their second unit guys. So then at that point, I was like, all right, well, you know, this is great, you know, for Tennessee. This is fantastic. But for me, like through my work lens, I was just trying to figure out, you know, I'm just thinking about work. Um, right, right. So I kind of right. 
kind of see it through that lens. But then when I did go back and watch the highlights as a Tennessee fan, I was like, wow, that was crazy. Um, but it was it was awesome. Just I think for Tennessee fans in general, you know, because Missouri and Tennessee were in similar positions, um, yeah. just, you know, just kind of trying to figure out their way and very limited rosters. And so I think for Tennessee and like Tennessee guys were down a lot like they were just you know the medics and the people are coming out on the field and you're just like are they going to be able to make it and you just they have such a limited thin roster that for them to kind of do what they did was really impressive you know like just the the running and I thought Hendon Hooker you know he went down against Florida I thought he played well against Florida but he, oh, he, played, good. Back. he played really good yeah he played great I thought he played great against Florida and so I know Tennessee fans were disheartened when it was kind of unsure what if he was going to be able to play and then he comes out and has a phenomenal game um I think Mm -hmm. he was you know over 200 yards 15 for 19 if I remember correctly right so and then he's running he's also running um and so Tyon Evans um Jabari Small got a couple of runs and then I honestly thought it was a good thing that they didn't even really need Jabari Small because he's banged up so it could it was kind of an opportunity for Tennessee to rest some guys a little bit while also getting some other guys going um so i mean i thought it was a good game for tennessee at least yeah definitely um when i saw the score like i was like what is going on is this the same tennessee team that i saw against florida but right. you know, truth be told tennessee i feel like they're slipped on as far as the talent that they have like their running backs are very good the offensive line is very tough right and even the defense you know there are a lot of guys that play with a lot of passion and heart so I was pleasantly surprised when they came to Gainesville. Um, but what would you say uh, – did you watch any of the Florida-Kentucky game? I did. So I got back to my hotel, and I was able to watch uh, a little bit of it, kind of towards the end, uh, really like the fourth quarter, as Florida right. was that final drive where they had eight plays. I know I watched that, and probably a little bit before that. Actually, you know what? You know when I turned it on? I turned it on when Wandell Robinson had that big run right up the middle, oh, right? And, like, he almost trips. He stays on his feet. He's through. That's when I turned the game on, and I was like, wow. <sighs> yeah, that, that, was, yeah, that was pretty um, tough for me to see, man. Yeah, yeah. As, as a Florida fan, I will say um, I was very close to grabbing whatever alcoholic beverage <laughs> that, that I had in stashed and pretty much mixing everything together because that was one of the most excruciating losses I've ever seen. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. if you look at that game and break it down, it, it almost seemed like Florida was just uninterested. And not just Florida, not just the players, because they're not going to put it on the players. I'm going to more put it on the coaching staff. They just, for some reason, seem uninterested. And I, I don't understand it. Yeah, I honestly was when I was watching it. And then obviously I went to look at kind of some of the numbers and Florida won almost every category, almost every statistical category, Florida won. I mean, total yards, time of possession, like third down, they had more third down efficiencies. Like just there were, they had, I want to say Kentucky had something like 12 or 13 first downs and Florida had like 20. So you're like, you're like, how did Florida lose this game? And really, if you think about it, also, I mean, I have, you have to give credit to Kentucky. Obviously, like, they were ready. They stepped up. I think Florida probably underestimated Kentucky a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. But Florida really beat themselves. There's no way you win every statistical category and lose the game, right? Like, unless you kind of beat yourself. But if you look at the penalties and kind of, I feel like, towards the end of the game when they had basically eight opportunities to kind of get the ball in the end zone, like, at that point, 
not not that it's like they didn't deserve to win, but it's almost like they had nothing left. Like they're, right. I think they were just spent the whole game, kind of just warm out, and that was it. Like they didn't win. Yeah, I totally agree. That's pretty much yeah. what I saw as well, man. Like we just we couldn't run the ball the way we were before. You right. know, it looks like after you know the first two possessions, which are pretty much like scripted on offense. We didn't have anything to really throw at them that would throw them off balance or create momentum. And mm-hmm. every time there was a chance to seal momentum, Kentucky just took it away from us every single time. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I mean, it's tough. I will say, though, I felt not sad. Sad is not the correct word there. But I was <laughs> like, dang, for Emory. For Emory, when, yeah. when, the, false, when the false starts happen towards the end and, and yep. it just – you know what I mean? And you could see his frustration. Like at one point yeah. he put his head back and he put like, cause he's, he's like, you, you're kind of making this even harder on me. Yep. You know, it's just, I was like, Oh, that's, and he didn't plan so well too. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's when things from my position get hard is as you know, you know, as you kind of meet some of these players and you, you know, you want them to do well, or you at least want them to experience, you know, success or at least be given an opportunity to experience success so you see it taken away like that and you're like uh, like we interviewed pierce on the show um and so you know you're like oh now i know him i've talked to him i've I've laughed with him i want him to you know at least get some get some carries get some yards get some runs um but no hats off to kentucky because they definitely i think they brought um they were underestimated and they showed up and they easily could have you know, folded when you haven't beaten a team in so long it, that that mm-hmm. that's on the back of your mind. It either weighs on you or it pushes you forward. And I think it pushed Kentucky forward. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I do as well. And, and, you know, that that's kind of what frustrated me, just all the false start penalties, because as a former football player myself. Right. And, and an offensive player, mostly at that. You know, the snap count. <laughs> Like, you know when you're supposed to move. And when you just see false start after false start after false start, that is the that is the one penalty I would say that if I was a coach and I kept seeing that in the game, I'm about ready to yank that player, that particular player out the game. Right. Especially right. when it's you – know, when it gets to a point where the referee is literally saying false start on the offensive line, literally the entire line, that's when yeah. it gets very frustrating because right. – it's like, like I said, you know the snap count. So it's like, why? Like that's one of those penalties you just can't commit. Yeah. And it seemed like every single time they committed that penalty, it was on like third and two or third and three. So now you're putting Embry in a bad situation because now it's third and eight, and you have to change your entire play because of that. Right. Right. Exactly. And, right, and, and hats off to Kentucky because they wanted it more. They they clearly wanted it more. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty obvious. I I, I got pretty frustrated because I I was actually at a wedding, man. I'm like looking at my phone, hoping you know something pops up, and I think it was after I forgot what play it was. I forgot what play it was, but I just I was like, yeah, we're gonna lose this game. Like I felt uh, the same type of like uh, LSU Florida vibes last year. I, you know, oh, yeah. under Dan Mullen, you kind of like I think with every coach, you kind of understand their ways and you kind of start to realize, OK, I think the coach is done for the game. I, I think like we're going to lose this game. Like you understand the vibes. And with Dan, you could just see Dan like kind of like 
just losing it, like losing his his swagger, losing everything. You can see the players, like you said, uh, Andrea, like Emery looking, you know, all types of ways. I'm like, yeah, this team is cooked. We're not winning yeah. this game. Yeah, but it's like that, though. I mean, I've experienced, you know, where you're – I remember we played at Arkansas, and, I mean, they just – they came out, they hit us, they brought a ton of energy, and – you just kind of felt like you know what you're supposed to be doing and mm-hmm. you know that you know you know the plays you're supposed to be making and it's just not coming together like you right. know it's falling apart and you cannot get any type of momentum you cannot get anything going your way whether it's calls or it's the play being run or like it it comes to like I remember one time I think I'd like literally dribbled it off my foot and it's like wow. this doesn't this doesn't happen all the time, right? And but it's as things start to just kind of fall apart, it happens like that. Um, and you do things that are just out of character and not things you practiced. And then I think it gets hard too because as an athlete, I'm sure y'all know. Then you when you start to press, it almost makes it worse. But if you yep. don't press, yeah. if you don't press, then it still just continues to fall apart. So it's just like you at that point you just can't win. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like it's almost like a ball of yarn. Once, once that one oh. string unravels, <laughs> yeah. the whole thing just comes apart. So I, yeah. like, I know that feeling. I'll never forget. I was playing in a high school game. Uh, we were playing our one of our rivals, and we literally had like four straight turnovers, and three of them were on kickoff. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was a close game. It was like seven, seven, and then in a blink of an eye, about five minutes later, it's like twenty-eight to seven. I was like. No, yep. it's twenty-eight to nothing. I'm like, yeah, um, this game was just not meant for us. So we yeah, had it forty-one to eight. So it, it pretty uh, much, it, it, it was every, every team pretty much experiences that. And unfortunately for Florida, it was it just happened to be this particular weekend. And I don't know what it is, but they just it, this is the SEC. I look at it like this: this is the SEC. Facts, you have facts. to take every team seriously. Even even though we're playing Vanderbilt this week, I don't care what they've looked like all season long. You have to take them seriously because you never know what can happen. Right, right. And if we lose to Vanderbilt, I'll tell you right now, I'm firing everybody. <laughs> the administration, the coaching staff, I'm firing the doggone fans if I have to. Oh, <laughs> my God. If that happens. Now, um, Andrea, like, you know, going back to just, you know, having those screw-ups mid-game, now, you know, in Florida's case, we lost a team that we should have, you know, beaten, in my opinion. You know, as a as a collegiate athlete, when you lose a game that you feel like and you know that you should have won, what kind of toll does that take on a young athlete? I would like for you to get into that because I know a lot of fans don't understand what that normal athlete goes through. It's It's so frustrating. Like, I remember – so many times where we we would lose a game, we lost a game that we should not have lost. And it's, it's so frustrating because, you know, like the fans at home, they're, they're irritated and they're mad and they're upset because they sat for two hours and, you know, or football, I guess four hours and watched Mm -hmm. the game. Right. But as an athlete, you think about how many times you defended their play in practice or how many times you watch film all the hours that you put in right especially for football because it's a week leading up to the game right like you've got scouting reports you're thinking about it all the time you're watching film you're practicing for two to three hours at a time you're working on your skill set and then you get into you get to the game and for whatever reason whether it's the team does something different or 
you know, you're just having an off day, like all for all the work that you've put in to not come together when you need it to is so frustrating, right? There's like, there's nothing more frustrating than that. I I would, I kind of equated it. I was talking to someone just in my building to, I don't know, just imagine that you're a lawyer or you have like a desk job and you have a huge, I don't know, speech that you have to give, right? And you've got this entire binder that you put together for a whole week. You spent hours and hours prepping this binder and you were ready to deliver it. And then on your way, you drop the binder and it, mm. it it's gone. Like it's spilling everywhere. And at that point, you're trying to grab your papers. You're just grasping at whatever you can to get it back together. But it, it's just not happening at that point. That's what it feels like as an athlete. When the game, wow. starts, to, right. when the game starts to fall apart, you're, you start to think. And then it gets hard too. What I don't think that people take into consideration is you prep all week and you have a game plan. But then your opponent counters your game plan so a lot of in-game stuff is trying to make adjustments right Right. so when you're making an adjustment you may not have practiced the adjustment that you're trying to make some teams maybe have but other teams haven't right so you're trying to make an adjustment i'm I'm not going to get super technical with sports but then now it's like okay we practiced this all week but it's not working so now we're going to do this i know you didn't practice this but you've done it before so let's bring that back and then you've got two we'll just say ways to guard something in your head and you're trying to, you know, think about which one you're supposed to do. And so it's just, it's so much harder than people think um, when the game doesn't go the way that you and your staff and your coaches planned for. Right. But that's also what makes it fun, right? Like I can think of games where we had a game plan and it didn't work and we made one adjustment and, won the game with it and it's those moments that are so much fun right like you know you think of think about what Auburn did against LSU you know the things that they struggled with against Georgia State they figured it out against LSU and so those are those moments where you're like oh this you know I can do this and I I am talented enough to do this but it's give and take in the world of sports and I think that's what people have to keep in mind yeah yeah I I agree 100 you just have to kind of you know, just try to keep yourself composed. And, you know, if something doesn't go right early in the game, just kind of, I don't, I guess, just try to forget about it, kind of just get yourself back together. Because the minute you start thinking about that one thing that went wrong, that's when everything starts to go wrong. Yes. Yes. And, and that is the last thing that people want as athletes. That's the last thing you want to have happen. Uh, yeah, no, it's the worst. I think composure is huge. Um, and I, I feel like, honestly, that's like, as a fan, I think fans could maybe get upset at players or coaches losing their composure or like just showing out in a really negative way because the game is going wrong. But for me, like if you're a fan and your team is doing the best they can and like they're out there and they're not, you know, their heads aren't dropped, their heads up, they're still trying hard. Like you just, you have to give them credit because it's hard. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And, um, so, and also breaking down this Florida-Kentucky game, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> what, like, what, do you, what, do you, what else do you think went wrong for Florida in that game? Uh, I mean, honestly, like, it's you say what else, but the it really, like, in my opinion, the penalties was <clears throat> huge. Like, you talk about – 
15 penalties and 115 yards. Insane. Like, it's so much like I was just looking at the numbers I mean Florida ran 71 plays Kentucky only ran 47 right so it's wow okay see (laughs) you mentioned that no that just made me more mad bro like I'm sick yeah Yeah. no it's it's awful I mean and that's it's equivalent I kind of will always draw parallels with basketball it's like a team that you'll see teams you know that shoot 70 shots and but they have you know they've got 20 turnovers so it's like yeah like you're not gonna win that way like it's it's frustrating I think that was honestly the biggest thing and really I think that just energy wise like I don't think Florida was ever able to get momentum like there really just wasn't anything that was just able to swing your way you know like you just didn't see that happen in this game. There was not a, you know, momentum changer. And I think that's the hard thing about football. I think football is a little bit harder to get momentum than other sports when I think no, about it. Definitely. Because, like, you know, in basketball, you go down and you get a steal, you score, and you hit a big three and you score. Right. Team calls right. a time, timeout. You know that, you know, one team has the momentum. But in football, if a team is just gashing you, I mean, you can't really grasp momentum unless you create, like, a, a magical turnover with a strip or something. Right, exactly. Uh, it's it's so frustrating, and then I think it's hard too because if you're like you're getting gassed, and then your offense gets your offense goes on the field, and they're three and out, and then yep. your defense has to come back on the field, and they're exhausted, right? And it's just I feel like it can be such a downhill slope, like it's a slippery slope in football because you know I saw the same thing um, at Missouri with Tennessee. You know, I mean the defense just could not stop Tennessee on the run. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, if Connor Bazelak came on the field and they got some good drives where they did get the ball downfield, I will have to say with um, Missouri's offense. But sometimes if it was quick, then that defense is just coming right back on the field. And, you know, they're tired. They haven't really had time to collect their thoughts or figure anything out or make any adjustments. And the same thing keeps happening. And then I think, too, like I think more so than in basketball, the pressure builds more. You know, like if the, if your defense is getting gashed, then your offense is going to feel more pressure, right? And if your offense isn't scoring, then your defense is going to feel more pressure, right? And so it just it becomes this kind of push-pull yeah. uh, that was just tough. It was really tough for, for Florida and tough for Missouri. And actually, if you really think about it, a lot of teams had tough days. Oh, um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Over the weekend, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and for me, I think where Florida, where the, where the momentum was pretty much over for them is where when Kentucky – Blocked the field goal attempt, ran it back for a touchdown. That right there, uh, when that happened, is yeah. when I pretty much say, "Yep, we're 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 cooked right it's there." Just one of those games, <laughs> so, right? So yeah, like this, it's just one of these game kind of games, huh? So it, yeah. it's, it's you see things like that, you get so frustrated, and it's like, yep. how do you? It's almost like how do you recover from this? Now, Florida should win this weekend. They better win, or like I said, everybody's fired, and I do mean everybody. Jerry, that includes you. Uh, Wait, what am I getting fired for, bro? <laughs> what am I getting fired? You just catching the strike. <laughs> no, man. Honestly, everybody gets mad at me because I tweet certain things. I was telling everybody. I said he was right. <laughs> I said Kentucky. You just have to, you know, worry about them. Like I don't care how bad you think they are, they always come to play against Florida because it's like the, you know, the the rival, the big brother. They never could just get and uh yeah. you know when the game came on and the, you know the, the plays were ran everybody 
oh man, I can't believe this. I'm like, what did you expect? Like they they want to they want to beat us. They're at home. They have you know fans there, like years worth of experience losing to Florida. They want to win this game. Like we can't just sleepwalk, and that's what we did, and we lost. And everybody's crying on the timeline. And they literally, uh, their fans literally rushed the field. So that literally tells you how much they wanted. They didn't care about the SEC fine. They, they, didn't care. They, they didn't care about that. Like, they beat Florida. So they're like, forget this. Like, we're going to rush the field. So that tells you exactly how much that game meant to them. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, it definitely means I, – I know it means something. I know it means something for a Tennessee crowd. I know it means something for – there are a lot of schools that I feel like are still trying. Like Florida is a staple in SEC football, right? Yeah. Like that's and there are a lot of teams that haven't been a staple in SEC football yet. And like no matter what Florida's done recently, beating Florida puts you on the map, right? Like right. it just is a thing. Like if you think about teams that have had their foot in SEC football and have had kind of a name for themselves, Florida is one of them. Alabama is another one, right? Like those are the teams that you want to beat and you want to tear down. Um, and I think it just makes sense, especially when you think about the East, like Florida and Georgia. I mean, those are those are staple teams. And, you know, Tennessee maybe was back in the 90s, right? Or, But, like, those Tennessee's now trying to beat Florida and Georgia, right? Like, that's, right. that's kind of where we're at right now. So, yeah, Florida's going to get everybody's best. So it's the Gators, too, and I just feel like people like to hate on the Gators. In every single sport. In yes. every single sport. It doesn't matter what sport, but they were sleeping on this whole thing this weekend. Um, I kind of found another reason as to why we lost. And since Alyssa Lang is your co-host, Andre, <laughs> um, oh, I'm going to yeah. need you to tell her um, that Marvel and I officially have some beef because <laughs> yeah. I have to yeah. see him pick Kentucky. And he did this last year when we played LSU. Yep, yep. And he picked LSU and we lost. So, mm, yeah, yeah. Mar- 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 Marvel's in trouble for me because Marvel's he- a certified Gator <laughs> hater, bro. I swear. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, he, I, he might be. He might be. Well, well, be. well, before we just pretty much take away his treats, he first got to give me the Mega Millions and the Powerball numbers because clearly he know what he's talking about. Right, right. And, and, exactly. I, and I'm trying to quit my job. So, uh, yeah, yeah. If me- you can just give me the Powerball numbers, um, that would be great because then that means I'm gonna win, and um, you know, he'll never, be, he'll never be on my bad side ever again. I know, I know. I am. I definitely. Uh, I need Marvel's help for sure, and I need him to pick Tennessee uh, for the next couple of weeks. So, so yeah. was Tennessee like you know as far as women's basketball and everything? Was Tennessee uh? Florida like a big rivalry to you or like who was your which team did you hate the most um no Florida really wasn't a rivalry we hated Kentucky um (laughs) when I played Kentucky was like just really my actually my first couple of years we hated Kentucky like always hated Kentucky I mean there was it would get chippy it would get physical there'd be people about to fight like just (laughs) Kentucky was Kentucky was always a battle um South Carolina, like, my last couple years, they were just so good. Like, you couldn't even really be mad. Like, it wasn't, like, a chippy anything. It was just, like, are we – how are we going to handle these Gamecocks? Mm -hmm. Um, So, I would say – I would say Kentucky. I feel like a lot of people when I played hated playing Missouri. I always played well against Missouri, but people hated playing Missouri. Um, But I think if I had to pick, 
I would say Kentucky. We hated Georgia too, just because. Well, I hated Georgia because I was from. I had a lot of friends that played at Georgia, but I was from Georgia, so I always wanted to beat Georgia because I didn't. I didn't know you're from Georgia. Yeah, I'm from Atlanta. Oh wow, wow, wow. Okay, I'm from Georgia as well. I'm from um, Camden County. Oh, okay. I got you. I got you. In the Um, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So that I know that Georgia thing is kind of you kind of want to stick it to them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, cause you're like, I don't know, you just don't ever want someone to be like, yeah, don't you wish you would have went to Georgia? And it's like, no, I went to Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, well, and so you got to play. You you got to play for Pat Summit, right? So Pat, I, I was the last class to sign with Pat, like on my national letter of intent. So we were signed with her. And then my freshman year, she was head coach emeritus as Holly kind of took over. Oh, okay. Gotcha. But, but but yeah, I was because I was gonna ask you know what was she like when you talked oh, to her? Oh yeah, because oh, she she's a legend, and you know we we just love we miss her, and it's like for me personally, like Tennessee women's basketball is just not the same without her. Yeah, no, she's uh, she was amazing. I mean, I I got to know Pat as a freshman in high school, wow. um, and so you know, and then she announced her diagnosis my senior year, but I committed to Tennessee as a sophomore in high school. So my whole high school years were in Knoxville or talking to her or talking to the team or talking to the staff because that's where I wanted to go. So um, I, I was really lucky, I feel like, to get to know her really well as a recruit because I committed really early. Um, but she was great. Like, she was just so down to earth, so humble, like – we would talk about the most random things. It wasn't always about basketball, but she also would keep it a hundred. Like if she felt like, you know, I, I remember complaining about something and she was like, well, what are you going to do about it? Like, are you, you know what I mean? Like, are you just going to complain or are you just right. going to, you're going to do something about it? And, you know, she made homemade ice cream. She was, she loved, she would cook. She would have people over at her house. Like just, she just was great. Like just a very loving, very caring, but, would 100% get the best out of you or you you just wanted to give her your best uh well at least I did I can speak for myself um but she was great like it was I think knowing someone like her and also seeing how humble she was it was just like I don't know it was just humbling for me like I could never think highly of myself because she didn't think very highly of herself you know so it was great though she was amazing yeah and you know you could just see, even though she, she, like you said, got the best out of you. She was very serious. You could see how great of a person she was, how laid back she truly was. And she just seemed like the kind of person you can go to about anything. And I know as a coach, the, those Tennessee-Yukon games back in the day were some of the best pure basketball, whether it's men's basketball, women's basketball, NBA, doesn't matter. Like those, <laughs> that game right there you circled on the calendar every time they played because those were battles and I enjoyed watching her just just flourish as a coach. She was kind of like the Nick Saban of women's basketball. Oh, for sure, bro. For sure. (laughs) Right, right. Like You don't have Gino Oriama without Pat Summit. You don't have any of these great coaches without Pat Summit. Yep. So – you know, we're we're uh, talking Tennessee and basketball and Pat, but I am going to hold y'all accountable because y'all have some – y'all have a couple cold women's basketball players that I need y'all to keep up with at Florida. Like, that's a thing, right? Y'all, y'all are going to keep up with women's basketball at Florida? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Anything we're keeping up with that. That's awesome. I love that. I love. So y'all like y'all like Lavender Briggs and Kiki Smith then. Oh yeah, no, no. Watching those two play is that that's that's something special. I mean, just the way the way that the game comes to them, right? It right. just comes so natural to them, and so. Uh, I'm, bro, like, I'm, go ahead. I'm, I'm really happy to have some guards that can hoop this year, bro. Like, yeah. You know, we like we definitely needed that because in, in a few like, a few years ago, bro, I was watching us against I forgot who it was, but it, it just seemed like we couldn't get anything going to the basket, and I was so upset, bro. I think it might have been Georgia, and I'm just like, we can't we can't even score. But you know, looks like we have some guards that can play this year, so I, I'm excited for our team. Uh, yeah, I think we'll do good this year. And we yeah, almost no. lost my answer, so <laughs> I, I was a little afraid for a minute. Right, right, right. <laughs> No, for sure. Y'all have y'all have definitely have some hoopers, like just some playmakers on the team, um, which is super cool. Right, right, and, and, and you know, um, another thing I I pretty much found out when you know doing research on you, getting you on the show, you know, we act, Andre, we you and I share the same birthday. Actually. That's wild, bro. What I, I saw that I was like, wow, like you were born November twelfth, right? Yes, I was. That was my birthday. Yes, you you are literally one year younger than I am. Wow, Scorpio season is almost here. Definitely. Sorry, oh Jerry. God, uh, you can't be part of this conversation. Man. Oh, I'm I'm the Sagittarius, man, and everybody hates. Mm. Oh, you gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah, we can't. Why does get everybody hate Sagittarius men, man? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you just heard her say it's Scorpio season. I mean, like this is. This is our season coming up, so yes. you know, one you know, once that happens, um, everybody else just doesn't really matter. It's just about us, <laughs> right? A hundred percent. I mean, Scorpio is the best sign. I'm, I'm not. There's no debate. So that's cow. What? There, no, what? It's, it's no debate. I mean, how? I mean, how can you? Like, how can any other signs stack up? No, can't. Not possible. It, it's just not. I mean. <laughs> Jerry, and Jerry, once you admit this and learn to accept this, you'll be better on. You'll be better. You'll be better. It'll, it'll be better for you. Well, Larry Bird and I have the same birthday as well as Terrell Owens. So, wow. hey, bro. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, December 7th. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and I wanted to ask, you know, when you went to Arkansas, did you get to meet Tusk? I did. I met Tusk. I fed Tusk. Um, yes, I, I did get to meet him. Yeah, he see, he he actually seems really nice. So that that that's the one thing I'm mean. like because when schools have live animals, like I'm not gonna lie, if I were to go to Bat Rouge and saw Mike Tiger, I look. I'm I'm just saying this right now. Um, yeah, but I'm not going anywhere near that cage. <laughs> right. I know. <laughs> right. Because the minute his paw goes through the cage, I'm I'm done. I'm so I'm I'm just done. Yeah, yeah. No, Tusk Tusk was great. Uh, don't know about the tiger. I don't I don't think I would uh, do anything with the tiger. But Tusk was more gentle than I thought. They actually, because Alyssa did it, so I had to do it. Was what I was told. But I oh. fed I oh, fed him fed him an apple from my mouth. Like it was in my mouth, and he took it out. It's on my Instagram. Oh just, God! Just, Let me see yeah. this. Oh, oh, I gotta yeah. see that. I gotta yes. see that. It's Did a picture. It... I'm talking to Coach Pittman in the first picture, but if you swipe, then you yes. Oh, I would have died. Oh my gosh! 
Like, was that scary for you? It was through the gate, so like, or through like his little, I don't know, enclosure. So it wasn't yeah. so bad. But I have a pet snake, so I'm not really scared. You have a pet animals. snake? I do. Yeah. Oh my. Oh no. Nothing oh, wrong with a pet snakes. snake. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with a pet snake. The funny thing about snakes oh, is, God. you know, you put the mouse in there, the snake will be, and it'll pretend it's friends with them. You know, play with them and everything. And all of a sudden, yeah. about twenty minutes later, yep. We not friends no more. You dinner now. <laughs> so, rough, rough. Yeah. So, you know, Jerry, do you have any more questions for Andre? Um, I would just say, um, based off of you know your observations of this football season, um, do you see Georgia getting over the hump and beating Alabama this year to be the SEC champion? Uh you know, I. I could see it, but I will. I honestly will probably never be the one to bet against Alabama. Like you just couldn't. You know, like you just you can't pay me enough because at the end of the day, like I do feel like Georgia just has this energy about them, especially their defense, like just this chip and this toughness. But Alabama just has such a smooth like. We've been here before. We know what we're doing. We're not right. worried. Like they just have this aura about them. I feel like that is that just can't be beat by swagger. It can't be beat by hustle. It can't be beat by a chip on your shoulder because they just know who they are and they're they know they're, 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 Yeah, it's ridiculous. So yeah. do I? Do I think this could be the year? Yeah, it could be um, for a lot of teams. But am I ever going to say it will? No, not no. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, and I, I agree a hundred percent because you know, I mean, every it seems like every time they play each other, something weird happens. You know, George has all this momentum, that something weird just happens, and then the game just turns. So, yeah, like at that point, I'm like, like put for example, the the national championship game when that happened in. Yeah, I'm pretty much putting in all the freshmen and came back to one. It was at that moment where I said, you know, every time these two teams play each other, I'm never picking Georgia because it's something weird happens and they never get it done. So I'm not, I, 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 it's setting up to where Georgia could get over the hump, but I just don't think it'll happen. I just don't. It's at just some so, point it has to. there's it's just grandma. something, I don't know, like there's just something about, like playing a team that has done it so many times. Like there's, I don't know. There's just something about it. Like I didn't that game go to overtime. It did. I think it, it did. Second yeah. and twenty six. And yep. like yes, yeah, it was. Yep, that was it. And I don't think Alabama scored until the third quarter. And then it, and then it, and it was like they were like, oh yeah, okay, we're back. Like here we are. In case you <laughs> forgot. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Do I think it could be the year? I do, but. I just think that Alabama just has something so good going. Like, I just – I don't think teams are close. Like, they might be close talent-wise and skill-wise and, you know, depth-wise, position to position, but just in that history and knowing who you are and knowing All your right. role, like, that, that's, I think, where Alabama has a leg up on everybody. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And quarterback play because – Oh man! Uh, yeah, whoever's playing quarterback at Alabama, I trust more. Than, I trust right there. I I don't care who it is at this point. Right, exactly. Well, and it's something to think about too. You know, by the time 
you know, Georgia and Alabama play each other, whether it's Stetson or whether it's JT, that's still a team that's playing with multiple quarterbacks, which I think people don't maybe put in or they don't consider as much. You know, Alabama's playing with Bryce Young through and through. You know, they've had him. That's who they're used to. That's who they've got. But for Georgia, kind of going back and forth, going in between um, with JT Daniels and his injury, it's kind of like you're adjusting to two quarterbacks at that point. You know, so I think that makes things more difficult for Georgia as well. Yeah, and if one gets take him out at that point. Right, exactly. But like you said, JT Daniels is dealing with an injury, so it's like every time he comes back, he's out again. So, right. I mean, that's going to be hard to adjust. That's hard for your team to adjust to. Yeah, that's what I, that's that's the point that I was trying to make. Like it's it's like he's back and maybe you play with him for a game and you uh, get into a rhythm with him, but then he's injured again, so now you're getting into a rhythm with Stetson and then like not even them switching mid-game. I'm just saying like game to game uh-huh. changing your quarterback, I think that's tough because it's like can you really get into a rhythm with your quarterback when it's it's changing every couple of games, you know? You really can't. You really can't. Yeah. So, yeah. Tough, but I appreciate y'all for having me on. Thank you. Oh, thank you for coming on. We've been trying to set it up for a minute, so I'm glad you're able to come on and you know get on here throughout your busy schedule and everything. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I will be tuning in and listening in, and uh, maybe we'll talk during basketball season. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely get you back on for basketball. But before you go, let everybody know where we can follow you and you know, you know, keep up with you. Oh, my Twitter and my Instagram are the same. It's Andrea underscore Carter. Andrea is A-N-D-R-A-Y-A. My mom got creative with the spelling of my name. Uh, Andrea underscore Carter. That's where I am. Gotcha. We gotcha. I follow the Instagram and everything and uh, hopefully see more of your adventures to hopefully Gainesville soon. Hopefully Gainesville soon. Right, and tune into Out of Pocket. It's every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Me and Alyssa Lang have a blast. She's incredible. Like, she is just the quarterback of the show. I'm just kind of her receiver catching passes all the time. Um, she's great. We have a ton of fun. So, 7 o'clock, SEC Network. Tune into Out of Pocket. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on, Andrea. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Andrea Carter. Yes, sir. It was awesome having her on, man. So dope. You know? Definitely. It definitely was. Um, you know, it, it's just it was just a pleasure having her on. Um, yeah, right. we, we tune in out of pocket all the time, and just the things that they have going on on there. Some of it's funny because I mean, you, you can just and you can just see the chemistry that those two have, her and yeah. Alyssa, and yeah, they're they're just made for that show. Absolutely, man. Like having Alyssa on, you know, earlier and having Andre on, bro. Like both of those are two great people, two very, like very humble, you know, human beings, bro, down to earth. And, you know, it's just you love to have that, bro. And that, I think that's what it's all about at the end of the day, you know, regardless of sports or whatever. It's all about being personable and, you know, just chopping it up, man, talking about things we love. Yeah, it it definitely is, and like you said, that's that's something that you need to have on, and um, you know, we de- we definitely have to get her back on again, and um, and she brought up basketball, so I'm gonna just go ahead and let y'all know, tune into WNBA playoffs too, because uh, Candace Parker looked like uh, she she trying to lead her team, her new team, the Chicago Sky, the hometown team, to the WNBA finals, so they if they can get there, I'm telling you right now, 
I'm picking I'm, them to win it. I'm picking them to win it. The way Candace Park is playing right now, I don't know if anybody can stop her. Bro, Candace is the GOAT, bro. She's on the cover of 2K, dog. Come on, man. Yeah, speaking of which, I got to, I, I'm going to play with them with them on 2K because now they have the WNBA on there. So yeah. now you can use you can use those things. You can even do a my career mode on there if you want to. So I'm definitely gonna play with the Chicago Sky on there. I just gotta figure out who I'm gonna play against and hope not to lose to them. Man, I feel like if I play the Aces. I mean, I mean, yeah, you gotta stop Asia Wilson, but I feel like Kelsey Plum be the the person to go Kelsey's off on me. <laughs> Kelsey's cold, bro. But just hey, as long as you play with Courtney, bro, Courtney Williams, dog. A or court or or Courtney Vandersloot. I mean, cause she's a three point sniper on there. Mm-hmm. I gotta get on there and play with them, bro. I want to play like <laughs> some of the women versus some of the men. That'll be dope. If they can do that, I will do that. That will I be. Will, I will do that definitely if they dope. can. Yeah, man. So, but, you know, with the show, we unfortunately uh, have to continue breaking down this Florida Kentucky game. Man, let's let's get into it, AB. Let let's let's let it out, bro. Let's let it out. I mean, <laughs> the, the, there are so many words that I could use to describe this game, and you know, there, there, there is a parental advisory label, an explicit <laughs> label on this show, and I'm trying so hard not to break that. Bear. I'm trying not to because there's so many expletives that I can use for what I saw on Saturday night. Oh my man, God. Man, listen, I, I, I'm not going to do it because my mama listened to this show and I don't want to have to hear I don't want to have to hear from her. I'm like, boy, I know you didn't say that on this podcast. You know, I listened to it. I don't want to have to hear that. Well, you know, but, man, it's, let, let me know how you felt because I felt something that I just, it was a different feeling for me I just had that night. Like, I, I'm just, you know, going back to the LSU game last year, it, it was the same type of just anger, but this one was a little bit different for me. Like, this was way past that game for me. I'm telling you that right now. It's just like, wow. I, I was, wow. There, there was no reason whatsoever for us to lose this game. And it's it's not just the fact that we lost. It's just the way we lost. The way you know, we it was lost. Disgusting. No, no energy. No, no kind of. I'm not going to say no effort, but no kind of sense of urgency. Bro, that's no, no urgency, bro. Is like the whole time I'm sitting there watching this game, like, what are you doing? And I'm and I'm not talking about the players. Well, besides the one false start penalties. Besides that. Oh my Other god. That, bro. I'm not talking about the players when I say that. I'm looking at the coaching staff because I'm like, what are y'all doing? Why are y'all so conservative with this play calling? Get aggressive, put this team away. Don't give them any kind of confidence. Cause as we saw. When you give them an inch of confidence, they take a mile. And, and bro, with I'm, I'm tired of Dan Mullen adding like Mark Stoops is some type of bum coach. Or something. Mark Stoops is literally one of the, the the best new upcoming coaches in college football. You have to coach. You have to out-coach him to beat him. You can't just go out there and say, oh, my God's better than yours. You have to out-coach Mark Stoops, period, he, point, blank. And about Mark Stoops, you want, I'm finna just go ahead and say it. He needs to be the new USC head coach. Yes. Because when you think about it, although 
he might not be the quote unquote LA guy kind of guy. What coach? What other coach out there do you know that can stabilize that program other than him? I don't see one. There's not one, bro. I mean, he would like, literally be the perfect candidate for that job. I was, it was funny. I was talking to my dad early, and I told him that like he would 100% be the perfect guy for that job because I was listening to the Fine Bomb show and a caller called in and was literally saying the same thing like because he was from Oakland, so. He's he called and he was he pretty much said Mark Stoops would be the perfect guy for the job, and he would be when you think about it because how he coaches, how he recruits, he's a great recruiter. So and he's gonna because think about it, the guys that he has on his roster, they may not be the quote unquote four and five star guys. And by the way, he has a high four star offensive lineman named Kenyatta Goodwin committed to them. Mm. So that tells you what kind of recruiter he is. He would easily stabilize that program. And if he goes there, I'm going to just go and let y'all know right now. Mario Cristobal got it made right now to recruit in the Pac-12. Let Mark Stoops get that USC job, and I bet you he's going to have a whole problem on his hands. That will change quickly because a guy like Mark Stoops, Mark Stoops is comfortable in himself, bro. Like, when you watch him coach that that team, you realize how comfortable he is in just being himself. He doesn't try to go outside of anything besides, you know, running the football on you, uh, playing tough, playing with energy. And, you know, young guys out of high school see that and they love that. You know what I mean? Like, he gets nothing but dogs. Like, Stoops looks for the guys that he knows is going to come in and play hard and play relentless every time. That's like, you know, watching their defense, they didn't care about no type of hype that our offensive line had, bro. Like, they didn't care. They didn't care that Naquan Wright, you know, was this and that. They didn't care that Malik Davis did this and that against Alabama. They didn't care that Jacob Copeland, was all SEC, you know, preseason. They didn't care about none of that. They came in to dominate the game on both sides of the ball. And, you know, while they didn't necessarily dominate, they played hard enough to win the game. Yeah, they played harder than us. And that's why it's so frustrating. I mean, yeah, they're at home and they have the crowd behind them, but at the same time, it's like they're literally playing harder than us. Blocking a field goal is pure effort, bro. Yeah. Pure it's, effort. It's pure effort. And not only did they block the field goal, they ran it back for a touchdown. And that, that changed the entire game. That that was the game. Yeah, plays like that are massive momentum plays. And we have been clamoring for special teams plays for the past 10 years. Yes. Why have, is it that have, it has to happen against us? And you know, you know what's crazy, man? You look at you look at it like we have Bowman, we have Lingard, we have got so many athletes, bro, that we can bring. In. We have Burke, like Burke, Bowman, and Lingard should be trying to block punts every single game. Frasers, they should all be trying to block punts every single game, but we don't even try to return kicks or punts. It's one of the most frustrating things I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, exactly. You brought up Jaquavion Frazier. Um, he need to play more, bro. He scored a touchdown and we didn't see him again. Like exactly, my point exactly. Like why? Like he scores a touchdown. It's his first career touchdown. By the way, congratulations! Congratulations to Frazier. Because yeah, he he deserves it. But why is it that he scores one time and we don't see him again? Like why is that the case? Like, I don't get it. Oh. I don't know. 
and so for you, like, what what did you see from from this game? Where, like, like what did, just what did you see from it? <laughs> what did like, I see? Besides, besides the effort, by the way. <laughs> okay, well, it's crazy, bro. Because I'm going to list some things that I saw that happened. Well, the defensive line played pretty well, in my opinion. Um, I saw Jason Marshall coming to his own as, you know, a future CB1. He's going to be an all-SEC cornerback. Um, I saw Travez Johnson make a play on the ball, you know, and that's good. I think it might have been his second interception of his career. I think second. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, you know, I, I saw a young Frazier's come in with energy and passion. I saw Amari Bernie make a good open field tackle, which we hadn't seen in a minute. Um the offensive line got, you know, I think this is the first game I saw them get beat pretty good. Um, I saw Emory Jones um, make about I – th- I think he made a throw, and he – I think it was like his third option. I think he looked right, he looked left, and he looked to the middle, and he got Whittemore. Uh, he made a critical throw to Naquan Wright, I think, on the third down, the second down. I, I saw a lot of good things, but I just didn't see any energy. I mean I- – it's weird, bro. It's weird. Like, I went back and watched the game today to try to, like, see if something crazy happened. You know, n- nothing crazy happened. Um, I saw our young offensive line. They showed their youth. Like, they had a lot of false starts. But, you know, and Dan Mullen brought up how you know, that affected us. But some of the play calls to me were questionable. In, the, in that first yeah. shot, so went down and scored a touchdown. We stalled after Emory made a good throw. We stalled. Like, we just got to the, you know, midfield, and we kind of just did a stupid delayed handoff to Malik Davis that lost three or four yards, and we punted the ball back. And, you know, while at the time it doesn't seem like anything, it actually means everything. Yeah. It means everything. Yeah. And, like, I just I just didn't understand. The play call, I'm glad you brought it up because I, I didn't understand a lot of the play call. And, I mean, it was so conservative. It was almost like – Dan Mullen walked into this stadium thinking that his t- the talent on this team alone was just going to easily just run right through Kentucky. Yep. This is the SEC. No matter who you are playing, you could be playing Alabama, you could be playing Vanderbilt, you could be playing Kentucky. You cannot go into any game in the SEC with that mentality. Because as we saw last year at home against LSU, by sitting Kyle, a healthy Kyle Pitts. I don't care what anybody says. I don't even care what the coaching staff says. Somebody said he, if he was healthy, he would have played. That man was healthy <laughs> because he was literally on the, on, in the media the next week saying he was healthy and wanted to play. This year it's against crazy. Kentucky. Yeah, this year against Kentucky. Just so conservative with the play call. And we lost. And this, this is – oh, man. Lord, don't let me say it. Oh, it almost slipped. It almost slipped. But this is what really pissed me off about this game. Late in the second quarter. No, don't, don't. Timeouts. We even got a first down to extend the drive. Why on God's green earth did we not try to go for a score? Any kind of score, touchdown, field goal, get some kind of points on the board before halftime. You know what Dan said? Did you hear Dan's Dan's presser? 
I heard a little bit of it, but not much because I was at work, but not much of it. He basically he basically said if we had gotten the ball at the 50-yard line, and, you know, we were starting there, it would have been different than we would have tried to score, basically. And, you know, there were shots down the field that we could have had, but they weren't there, and Emory had to throw a couple of check downs. And so, you know, that's pretty much what happened there. Um, he didn't want to make a mistake. He didn't want to give Kentucky the ball back and have them score on us, like on like a punt return, how Kadarius Tony did on them last year. So he had a bunch of excuses about that. But that, that, that's literally what he said. I'm not kidding you. I, you can't make it up, AB. I'm telling you, like you can't. Make it up. He said this. He's like, you know, you don't want to put our guy in a position where you know to get get the ball back and score, and do this and this and this. See. <laughs> I kid you not, bro. I kid you not, man. You can't, you can't make it up. You know what? Somebody somebody find this man address. Where's this parking spot? Where is this man parking spot? In Gainesville. At the office. Because bro. some sense in him. Because what kind of answer is that? What kind of, like that that is not what we need. Like I like as just as not just as a fan, but as, as analysts, because let's be honest. We kind of are analysts. Yep, 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 yep. We don't want to hear that. Like, we, we don't want to hear that. Like, there's no excuse for that. You go for the score regardless. There's no excuse whatsoever for not going for a score when you have that much time. You have about two minutes left. You have all three timeouts. There's no excuse for that whatsoever. And you know what, man? Another thing. Tell me what you thought about the play calling on the last drive to score and how our energy was on that possession. I was pissed because my mentality, my thinking was, where was this for the first three and a half quarters? Where was the same play? Call? Well, with the exception of the first drive, because you saw it on the first drive, we scored on it. Yep. yep. So with the exception of that, where was this from, from the, from the last three quarters? Where was it? Because if you have that much energy, on the first drive and then late in the fourth quarter when you're down by 10 trying to make a comeback, if you have that kind of energy and you you call plays like that throughout the whole game, this is a blowout on the other end. Like, we're beating this team 40 to 10 or something like that. Bro, it's crazy. Why are you calling the bubble screen to Kamori Gamble? And to Justin Shorter. Into what you got Why? guys like Jacob Copeland, Xavier Henderson, even Trent Whittemore that can run those bubble screens, bro. They have more speed, they catch you, the ball better. And, and another thing, man, another thing you stop utilizing Rick Wells for what reason? Like, make it make even sense, even him on bubble screens. He's he's one of our best ball screen guys. And if we're going to be completely honest, he's been our best receiver this year. He's been our most consistent. He takes the hits. He catches the ball across the middle. He makes Emory feel comfortable back there. Why do you refuse to utilize him more? And you know, Dan, 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 D
Dan, you know, Dan's a guru, or whatever. I don't know. And you know what he said? You know what he said today? He said, because they brought up, uh, he said, the, the LSU game. Yeah, the LSU game and the Oklahoma game. And Dan said, you know, each season is different. Each game is different. On a game by game basis. So if if something worked against Alabama, right? He's basically saying that just because it worked against Alabama doesn't mean it's gonna work against Kentucky, which I can understand in a way. But why not try? Yeah, because you never know. It it might actually work. Maybe they don't plan for it. If it doesn't work, okay, you can go away from it. You're like, okay, we tried it, it didn't work. Let's do something different. But right. if you find if it, if you find out that it works, you go to it and you keep going to it. It's and that you simple. Stop, you stop running Damian Pierce. I just I don't know, man. I truly it was one of those games that was just very baffling. Because uh, there was a lot of good things that happened. <laughs> I mean it, it was. No. I mean, like like Andreas said, like when you look at the numbers. We pretty much outplayed them in every category except the scoreboard. And I'm going to throw effort in as a category. Effort in the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. The two places where they outsco- where they outplayed us and it won them yep. the game. So yep. it, you pretty much, it pretty much tells you that, yeah, Florida may be a more talented football team, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're a better, a better football team. They were better. Nine times out of ten, Florida's winning that game. This happened to be the one time where they didn't. They they pretty much beat us in the most important parts of the game. Like it it didn't it didn't matter. It didn't matter what we did towards the end. It's like at that point, you're pretty much like you're you're pretty much done at that point. Yep, yep. And you know something else, bro. This is something that we talked about. Like me, you. Uh, who else was it? Who else? I think Tony might have talked about it. Tim. I don't know how many times we have to say this, bro. But you can't just randomly bring Anthony Richardson to ball game. You just can't do yeah. it. Emory has shown time and time again when that happens, he he folds or something happens. I don't I don't know. He didn't look the same after uh AR came in, bro. He just didn't. Like I look at it like this. If you're going to utilize this two-quarterback system, you have to do it like you did with Chris Leak and Tim Tebow. It has to be a package. You, you can't bring... have them in the same place. You said what? It has to be some type of package. You can't have them running the yeah. same place. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, short yardage situations, that's where right. Richardson needs to come in. Goal right. line situations, that's definitely where he needs to come in. Yep. I mean, you can't bring him in for a whole drop. That is clearly proven to not work. This year, all year long, when you bring them in for like a random drive, like the third drive of the game, when you bring them in for a random drive, that's clearly proven not to work. And you still did it. So you're putting your team in a bad position by doing that. Yes, we want to see him. Yes, he, we we want to see that he's healthy. And yes, we want him to play. But just play him at the right time. Like you keep playing him at the wrong time. And it's frustrating. And what you're going to end up doing is making your starter lose confidence. And that's the last thing we need to have happen. Yeah, man. You know, especially when he, he just came off of a, you know, um, SEC co-offensive player of the week. Came off a, you know, a really, really good game where he, you know, retired Tim Tebow or whatever. 
and he was confident, bro. He was confident. But you bring in Anthony Richardson, if he gets first down, but then you try to throw with him and the ball skips. Why are we wasting downs? And that was on a penalty in which you had a free play. Because as a former receiver, if I see a free play, I don't care what route that I just had, you know what I'm doing. I'm running to the end zone. Just throw it up. It's a free play. Even they pick the ball off, it's a five-yard penalty. They do that. They ain't getting the ball. But if we score a touchdown, decline the penalty, we get the points. I mean, so, yes, that was a bad throw, but as a former receiver, I'm going to put a little bit of that on him, too, for not knowing that. Yeah. Like that, that's just the that's one thing as a receiver you have to know. Like, if you get a free play, take all the way off to the end zone and get a yep. throw. It's that yep. simple. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it was just a lot, you know. Um, now, let, let's talk a little bit about um, the – the um, what's the, Wandale Robinson touchdown on third down, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, what did you see there? What did you see there? I saw some things I did not like, but arm what did you see? Arm being one of them. Okay. The, 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 that was the main thing for me, arm tackling. I mean, this is a kid that you know if he gets the ball in space, you have to find a way to get him down because, as you saw, oh, yeah. he is an electric playmaker. And if you read my article on Stadium for Stadium Miguel that I posted literally that morning, or Connor posted literally that morning, that was one of the players I highlighted that you had to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. And he sh- he literally showed why. When he gets in an open space like that, it's pretty much a wrap. Because you – and when you are in tackle, he's breaking tackles. Like, that's when I knew. I was like, you know what? It's going to be one of them kind of games. Because it's if they be don't score of- <laughs> there, if they don't score there and we get them down, this fourth down, they got a punt. Yes. That, that could change the entire game because now they're thinking – Man, like nothing's worked so far. And then yep. you get the ball back, you got a chance to go up 14 to nothing and really get that crowd out of the game and really and really take away the confidence from that team. Yep, yep. I agree. I think, like, you know, those momentum plays, bro, they just never went our way. Like, stopping them there, um, getting a first down when whenever we had, like, a few false starts, those are all momentum plays. But going back to that play with uh, Wandale, uh, I I think it's time to have a talk about my mood because I just I just don't too much care for what I'm seeing from him, and it's not his fault either. It's not his fault. It's not. It's not. It, it's Todd's fault. But you know, there on that play, he kind of did something where he, he I think he misread the lane or something. And he completely missed Wandell. Like he completely missed him. Completely. So uh what what did what did you see there from him? I'm not sure, you know, what that issue was, but what what did you see there? That's kind of what it looked like. And when you think about it, he's in pos- it's not that he's playing the wrong position because he's looking better at linebacker. He's but, there. He, he's there. He's supposed to be. Just, so he, play, bro. He, it's almost like Todd's putting him in a bad position, right? And it, and like you said, it's not his fault because you're trying to get guys lined up. But this is the problem with your playbook being so difficult to pick up, and you don't 
like at some point you have to you have to dumb it down. I know it's mostly getting you prepared for the NFL, but you have to dumb this down. It make it be see ball, get ball. Dumb it, dumb it mm-hmm. down to where people th- these guys can understand it. Because the minute you do that, it's gonna get a lot easier for them. It's gonna get a lot easier for you, and it's actually gonna make you look better, and everybody won't be trying to fire you. Yep. And, and that's and that's the other thing. The defense didn't play te- is they didn't play terrible. I mean, it was it was one big play they gave up. But yeah. for the most part, they didn't really play terrible at all. But on on that particular play, like I said, it just seemed like he was kind of put in a bad position. He was, he was, you know, and I just, I don't know. I'm rewatching it now as we speak. I'm trying, I'm trying to see what happened here, bro. Uh, let me see. Oh my god, who's that guy? Somebody got taken out of the play. It, it it looks like uh, Rashad Torrance. He took a terrible angle. He took a Donovan Steiner angle. Yeah, my move got caught in the block. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, again, bro, we have guys taking bad angles. Um, people, you know, bash Donovan Steiner on it, but Rashad Torrance is taking a few bad angles this year too, bro. And, you know, uh, Trevez got completely killed. Mm. And, and, and man, I mean, it's just you see a lot of things on there, and it's like it, it's just so frustrating. It, like, I, I just don't understand it. I mean, it was an opportunity to not only take this game, like, just pretty much completely take this game over, but put the same way early. We just didn't do it. Yep, yep, yep. And, you know, another thing that we were worried about, which we were spot on, bro. We were spot on. Avery Helm in open space is cooked. Like, mm. cooked. And, you know, it's not like he's getting killed, like, too much. But, you know, when you need a cornerback to come make a tackle, you know, say it's third and seven. When you need a cornerback to come and make a tackle on a little quick out, he's not the guy that's going to make that tackle, bro. He He's just not. You know, and I, I I don't know what that whole situation is about, but Kyrie and Jason Marshall, those two guys are clearly the guys, the guys. You know, I understand Kyrie is out, but I, I don't understand how uh, how Avery took the spot in the off season. Not gonna lie to you, mm. yeah, man. I, it's like everything that I was worried about. And that game pretty much got exposed. Like it, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're. I, I'll just say is, thankfully, we're going to kind of transition and move away from this game that caused everybody, every Gator fan, including Jerry, even though he won't admit it, to want to drink every alcoholic beverage possible. Oh man, like. It it was something where like I was upset, but I think I kind of already like I I thought like I kind of checked out after the FAU game. Like I told my girlfriend, I was like, I watched that game and I was like, I know what's coming. I know exactly what's coming. I'm not going to even stress. I knew what was coming, bro. I knew it. It's sad, but I knew it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And even an FAU game, bro. Like, did did you see how some of our guys are just walking around, lally gagging? Oh yeah. Like you, that's the first game of the year post, you know, post COVID kinda, and there's thousands of fans there, and you lally gagging. Come on, man. Where's the relentless effort that we talked about? Yeah, it, it just wasn't there. And it that was wasn't the problem. There. It wasn't there. And so that that that's what that's what was just ugh. everything everything about that game was just so frustrating. Yeah, but man. Thank, very much. <laughs> yeah, but thankfully, ugh, it's it's over. We we can move on from it. <laughs> we can move on for now, but you know, in one of our shows around it's June, be brought back up. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's going to get brought back up. But we have yeah. Vanderbilt. It's home this weekend. It's right. homecoming right. this Saturday. It's homecoming. They yep. got the throwback uniforms. Real quick, before we even break down this game, what did you think of the, the um, orange helmets? The, that's the new one they're going to use this year. Hey, man, it's dope, bro. You know, I'm glad to see us using that helmet. I kind of wanted us to go with um, maybe some different pants. But, hey, it's dope, bro. You know, I'm really excited to see the combination we come out with. And, you know, hopefully we put on the show with them on, bro. Yeah, yeah, I hope we do as well. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, I think – I think this Florida team is going to be pissed. They're going to want to come out and whew, they better come out and put Vanderbilt away early. And for some yeah. and for some weird feeling, I believe that's what they're going to end up doing. So what yeah. what do you want to see? And, and you already know what I want to see. I pretty much just described it. But what do you want to see Florida do in this game? In this game, man, I want to see continued – Defensive line dominance, you know, that I, I want that to be consistent. I want it to become a staple of our team. I want to see our offensive line get back. And I don't want I don't want to see any more than three false starts. I don't want to see any three clowns. There, there shouldn't I mean, be any. I don't want to see none. I don't want to see any. Uh I want to see our running backs get confident. Most of all, bro, I'm not gonna lie to you. I just want to see our young guys. Like, I'm kind of in the mode right now where I want to see what we have for next year. Because right now we don't really have much to play for. I mean, maybe get to, you know, a New Year's Six Bowl, but we've been there a few times. You know, I don't think it has the same juice as what it did before. So I want to see uh, I want to see Bowman get out there, get some carries, get a touchdown. Um, I want to see Frazier's out there do well. I want to see Weston do well. Um, I want to see our I want to see our DBs, our young DBs go out there and hoop. You know, if Kyrie can't play, cause I, I'm kind of thinking Kyrie's not going to play to the Georgia game. So uh, I want to see Jason Marshall continue to, you know, beat a man, beat a man. You know, go ahead and build that resume for the ACC all-freshman team. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I want to see that. Um, I think most of all, I don't want to see any injuries. No injuries. Yeah. Yeah, because like you said, at this point, we really don't have much to play for, but at the same time, don't want to see nobody going down due to injury. And, um, right. You know, I, I just want to see more aggressive play calling, too, man. I mean, because I'm, I'm not going to lie. This is what's going to really frustrate me. What if we play Georgia 
get really aggressive with the play calling and end up winning that game. AB, do you do you have any idea how incensed? I, I mean, I'd be hyped that we won, but do you have any idea how mad I would be because we won? Because in the back of my mind, you know, in the back of my mind, in the back of your mind, you're gonna be thinking the same <laughs> thing. Where was this against Kentucky? True, I already said that when I saw the Alabama game and what, what we put on, you know, the other day. But you know, it's yeah. gonna take off, bro. And you can already get ready for this. We're gonna score uh, more points on Georgia than what we did on Kentucky, bro. Oh yeah, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. You already know that's coming. That's coming, and that's gonna be very upsetting. Very, very upsetting. Because because you're gonna be asking, you know, why are you taking games off as a staff? You can't do that. You don't want the players to take games off. So why as a staff would you want to take games off? How do you feel? How do you feel about Dan Mullen right now? That's the important question. Well, you can't, you can't really fire him because number one, you ain't thinking nobody better than him right now. Back spit. But number two, because the only way you kind of push him out is if he just flat out refuses to make changes that need to be made. Mm-hmm. And the, and the, I told you before. I'm glad you brought this up. Told you earlier, I had a hot take for this show. What's you ready take? for it? Yep. If somehow Dan Mullen were to be fired, which is not going to happen, or get pushed out, and we had to look for a new coach, there's only two names that you call and you make them say no. Hmm. You, you ready for this one? Names are these. The first is going to be a bigger name because of, you know, how – um. Because of who he's coaching right now. The first one, the man up in Jacksonville right now, if he gets burned out with the NFL, you call Urban Meyer and make him tell you no. If he gets burned out with Jacksonville and wants wants to leave. Yeah. So that's that's name number one. Name number two is going to be shocking for we all know many of reasons, but that we're not going to bring up. But, but you know, you know, you know. You want to bring McElwain back? Absolutely not. If, if that if that happens, uh, first of all, whoever's in charge of this is going to be out of a job. But here's the second. <laughs> I can't believe you did that, man. <laughs> but here's the second name. Brian Johnson. Bro, you we're on the same page, bro. We're on the same page with that. that that's, that's the second name. You make him tell you no. You literally you make him tell you no. Is those two, those would be the if Dan Mullen were to not be the Florida coach anymore, those are the the first two calls that I would make. Bro, beach and you know the thing about Brian, it's his personality. I feel players like relate he, to him. Players play for him, bro. They like him. You know, recruits come in, they they dug him like he is he's a guy that I would love to have. And you know, another guy we brought up um earlier was James Franklin. Cause I feel like James Franklin wouldn't be a he bad option. You you feel like that? And on top of that, you already know who's coach. He brings yeah. Yeah, trout wine coming home, that would happen. And I think we have cider. Oh yeah, yeah. All, both both of them, all, all three of them were coming if that would have happened. And see that's but, what I'm saying. 
be too but bad. Here's the, thing. the thing that all three of these coaches have in common, they would take recruiting seriously. Yes. That is the that is part of the problem. There are parts of there are aspects of his job that he doesn't take serious and he needs to start doing it if he wants to win the championship. Recruiting is one of them. Not taking games off, just put, put pretty much putting teams away early mm-hmm. that you know you're supposed to beat. But on but more than that, just getting your just being more aggressive with your play calling. And that's something that all the three of the other coaches with swagger. The, yep. and, that, and those and the three guys that we just named, they would they would do that. All three of them would do that. Yeah. But I we're know. not but people sorry, Jerry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but oh, you're good, bro. You're we're good. we're not saying that Dan Mullen should be fired, people, before y'all listen to this. Yeah, and, and start saying we're advocating for him to be fired. We're not saying that. We're throwing out hypotheticals saying, you know, if he were to not be the coach, who are the guys that we would call? We just gave you three names right there. Right. Think about it. Those are your three best options. Yeah, man. I I I wholeheartedly agree. Um, but like you know, like AB said, we're not calling for him to be fired. And you know, like I said earlier, I think it's time to get real and temper our expectations for Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen is a guy that you you know that you aren't going to be trash, but you also in the back of your mind, you know you're not going to win a championship. But I'm just saying you're not going to championship if he's if he continues the way he does continue. But he has potential to win a championship if he changes a few things. So it's like it's a long term deal. Like we have to actually trust that he will grow as a person, as a coach, to make you know certain decisions to be the best he can be. Um, you know, I pretty much see us being a nine and three, eight and four to ten and two team under Mullen. Unless he makes those changes, but we're not going to go four and seven. We're not going to go four and eight. You know, it, so it's like it's a long term investment, bro. Um, we'll be a you know New Year's Six team a few times, like maybe like two out of three years. Um, we'll beat a rivalry or a rival. We'll probably beat Georgia, LSU, or uh, I think we'll definitely. I think Mun's going to definitely own Florida State, but he's one of those guys that you have to actually. Give time, give time. And, and and here's the thing, and here's the thing about it. When he's on, let's be honest, people. When he's on and like really on it, Dan Mullen is the best play caller in the in the country. Yep. Like it, it, it's it's not close. It's not a question. When he's on his game, taking the game seriously, best play caller in the country. He just yep. has to do it consistently. He has to do it consistently. And it's just that that's the that's the frustrating part. Like he doesn't do it consistently. And that's just that's just something that has to change. Yeah, and, bro. And if he has to make any changes on the inside of the program, you, you just gotta do it. Yeah, I you know, I think that's another thing, bro. You know why there's no urgency with the team? The staff doesn't have urgency. There's nobody in that in that staff that feels like their job is threatened if they don't do a good job. There's nobody. And it's yeah, sad. I agree. And I feel like the only one that may have a sense of urgency 
I feel like Greg Knox had a sense of urgency at some point. And he, you know, we really saw improvement. I think, you know, I don't I don't know I don't really know what changed for Hevesy. Maybe just development, but I feel like he improved a lot, but I think he took a step back. I think his group took a step back this past week. But other than that, bro, like you really don't see any urgency anywhere. And it's pretty sad, bro. It's pretty sad. Like Nick Saban, you watch his games. His coaches can get fired after a game. He don't care. He don't care. But for us, everybody's chilling. Everybody's buddy-buddy. You know, we lose a game, they go back home and barbecue with the wife and kids. Hmm. That's just where we are, bro. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you're right. You're right about that. When you think about it. Yep. And you know, uh, this is kind of my fault because I wish we kind of had Andre on for this next segment because we do have to address this. Mm-hmm. But we'll we'll get her back on later soon and get her thoughts on it. But oh, for this, sure. this is this is inside Florida athletics. So we're covering all athletics, and we we brought up women's basketball. We're going to keep up with it. I have to get your thoughts on the whole Cam Newbauer situation, which is oh. a terrible situation. Uh, man, where do I start, bro? Um, if, if you're a program at University of Florida and people tell you something, they repeatedly tell you something. You have to take it into account and investigate. You yes. can't just brush it off. There's too big of a responsibility for you to just sit there and say, oh, you know what? These young ladies, they probably just, uh, yeah, we'll be all right. And not only did he just brush it off, he extended the coach. Yeah. And that's a fireable offense, in my opinion. It is. You have young women on campus. Bro, women already take enough crap as it is. Yeah. For being collegiate athletes, and their own coach is mentally abusing them, physically abusing them, throwing things at them, and calling them all types of racial things, and you don't make an effort to even see, and you extend him. Come on, man. How yeah, does that make that, you know? that that is definitely a fireball offense. I mean, I don't, I I can't even begin to fathom how you don't. It's because if if I'm the athletic director. If I'm the athletic director, if even one person on this scene comes to me and tells me that this is going on, coaches are being abusive, like they're being abusive, they're throwing basketballs at players who are recovering from torn ACL, saying racial slurs to people. If even one person comes to me and tells me that, I'm investigating immediately. I'm going in there saying, hey, what is, what's going on? Why am I hearing this from, from these players? That you're doing this, and don't sit here and say that you're not because they wouldn't come to me and lie about this. I'm doing a full-on investigation right there. In my opinion, too, bro. Like, why? Why would they lie? There will be no. There will be no reason for them to lie. Yeah, nobody's so, gonna lie about that at any program. It could be the University of Florida. It could be. It could be South Dakota State. Nobody at any program is going to lie about this. And, you know, man, this just goes back to the whole urgency thing. You know what? Maybe maybe urgency – well, not even maybe. It does. Urgency starts with the athletic director. And we oh, can yeah. talk about – since we're talking about inside, you know, the swamp for the athletics, athletics, not just football, 
there's no urgency in basketball, men's basketball. There's no urgency in women's basketball. There's no urgency. And I hate to say it because so it's a legend. There's not a lot of urgency in Florida baseball. And there's not a lot of urgency in our football program. So it's strictly the, the issue here because you have them extending people that aren't doing a great job, aren't winning championships. It, it's just – it's bad all around, bro. And, you know, I'm I, – I, I, well, I don't really care for Strickland anymore because, <laughs> yeah, that was awful. But I liked him at first, bro, but, like, I don't see enough urgency at any any level, any aspect, bro. It's it's. I think the most urgency he has is trying to get us uh, Jordan Dill's new uniforms. Yeah, and and that's not the main thing for us. Mm-hmm. Like we're trying, we're a program trying, built on winning championships at every level. We want to be a championship level program in every aspect of every sport. And so yeah, it's great that we're a top five public university. We're not taking none away from that. That is a great accomplishment because do you have any idea how hard it is to make the accomplish that? Like, All right, bro. Right. Like that, that is very hard to accomplish. And that tells you that the students on campus, not just the athletes, but the students, but yeah, the athletes too, because it's some that for some reason don't care about school. But now you see the athletes actually caring about school and wanting to keep their grades up. So that's, that's great. That's great and everything. We're not taking none away from that. But at the same time, we all know what these programs are built on. Like, we're, yeah. we're this is a championship program. And if you're going to have an athletic director that doesn't show a sense of urgency to get championship-level coaches here to build championship-level teams, why are you the athletic director? Because at some point, at some point, the the championships have to start rolling in because if they, you got one since you've been the athletic director, and that was in baseball with Kevin O'Sullivan. And what's even what's even more sickening to me, bro, when you look at it, dog, if you really look at it, think about the talent that we've had since he's been there, bro. Just in it, every sport, yeah. we've had all Americans and we, we had Scott Lewis and Trey Mann, bro. Yep. How did they leave Grant- without winning something? <laughs> yeah. You had Grant Holloway in track. He won individual had- championships. Did we win a team championship in track? I don't know if we did. I think it, we may have won one. Right, right. But you know the standard, bro. You're winning that every year. Like, outdoor, indoor, we winning. We winning. Like, you know what I mean? And Pete Alonzo, we have all these guys, bro. And it's like, dang. For the championships. Yeah, and, and with this women's basketball situation, not only did we have a coach that wasn't winning at all, forget winning championships, he wasn't winning, period. At He's abusing all. the players. He's abusing young women. Young women. These are practice. young women. Like you said, women go through enough crap already. Bro, be and, freaking and, 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 and I hate to even bring this up because God rest her soul, and my thoughts present with this this girl's family, but we just we just saw a couple days ago. Oh my ago, god! Oh my god! The body of Maya McCarno. Her body was found. That do 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 you not realize how hard it is for women out here? 
Dog, they have to go through. Like that, that, that is a tragic, dangerous, and tragic situation that happens. And you and we here, and like we said, our thoughts and prayers go to the to the family, to the family, because that that was truly a sad situation. She was just nineteen years old, had her whole life ahead of her. She was a college student, and it it was just it was a tragic situation. But you, you, we have a a women's head coach. That, that that's abusing young women out there and pretty much nothing's being done about it until a story breaks. Well, when we saw, he he not only gave this man an extension, but he ended up resigning a few months later. And it's like, you wonder, well, why did he resign? And then about a year and a half later, this story comes out. Yep. And on top of that, you go behind closed doors with four selected reporters. And you had a bunch of reporters wondering why they weren't why they weren't briefed on this, why they weren't a part of this. That that that, that honestly says a lot about you as an athletic director. It, it makes me question your leadership. Like, should you even be in this role if you're doing stuff like that? And my answer is no right now. Like, like how do you because you can't undo this. You can't come back from this at all. You can't, bro, and it's like, I don't, I don't care. Like, yeah, like we're gonna talk about the Gator standard, but screw all of that, bro. Just from a moral standpoint, you can't ignore anything like that, bro. You can't ignore anything like that. Like we said, women deal with a whole bunch of bull crap, and for they already feel unheard, bro. They already feel unheard in society, and like that's another, that's another perfect point in case, like. Why women don't feel protected in our society, dog? Like the crap that we've seen over the past week, it's just disgusting, man. It's just disgusting, like all the way around. I feel so bad for all the women out there that have to deal with all this stuff, bro. Because, like, trust, man. Like, we we hear you, and like, we're trying to understand. And like, people like Strickland and others that do crap like this and don't take you guys' issue seriously, it really makes everybody, all the men, look terrible. And, like, it's not yes. the case. It's not the case, but... Yeah, yeah, things like this, like, us men get a bad rap for it, and you know, let's be honest, I mean, some of it is, a lot of it is on, it is on us. Because when yep. you see male coaches doing things like this, it, it 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 makes you wonder like how can you be this person because this man has a wife and children and I think he has daughters. Like, how do you like how do you like, how do you live with yourself at home in your home life when you're doing this on campus to these young women? It's like you wonder why there's so much turnover within the women's program. Like wow, why are people leaving? You see this coming? I was like. Now we now we have our answer. Now we know. Now we know. And and, and it's 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 really truly a shame. Like, how do you live with yourself knowing you did you you caused a lot of harm to these women, not only physically but mentally. Yeah, man. Yeah, it, it's just sickening. And um, I hope our program can recover from that. But I'm just going to go ahead and say it, man. Strict, he got to get fired for that, bro. <laughs> like. You you may have to. I mean, it's pretty much at that point. And I'll and I'll go and I'll say this. 
this would have this probably would have never happened if you wouldn't have lowballed Becky Hammond, gave her the money she deserved because she was interested in the job and actually wanted the job. Mm-hmm. You would have taken it. But you lowballed her, and we ended up with Cam Newbar, somebody who we had never heard of. Becky Hammond not only would have brought experience because she's a WNBA legend, she's bringing in big-time recruits. She's stabilizing this program. And we're not in the depths as, as a women's basketball program. No, man, and we have. I, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't hear about women being abused. We wouldn't. We wouldn't. We haven't seen a lot of Dave for our women's basketball program in years and years. And every time we get close, we still stink. So it's like there's no urgency in that program, in that in that that program, bro, like at all. Like, like, we're not usually advocates for people getting fired because we usually don't want to mess people's money. But uh, in this case, um, it, might be time to, it might be time to mess with Scott Strickland's money because this, this right here should not be happening. Either he gets like, yes, yes, yes. In what world does somebody tell a higher, you know, a higher authority that something has happened to them negatively? And they just look over it and then give them extension. Imagine if, you know, uh, let's say a student, a student told a principal that one of the teachers was abusing them, and they said, you know, that can't be happening. So we're just going to extend this teacher and give them a raise and make them the assistant principal. Like, what? That doesn't happen at any level of anything in any part of life. And, and I'm and I'm gonna just say this. If that if that were to happen, that student's gonna go home and tell the parent what's going on. That and parent's authority. taking off work the next day and coming up to the school. Yeah. And getting this situated. Because I mean, you you just you can't this can't this just cannot go on. It can, and, bro. And, and what what it does for me, um because Anytime I hear any women getting abused, I'm sick to my stomach because I'm also pissed about it. I don't like I'm like that. That's just not something that I want to see because I I know how I am. Like if anybody any woman close to me get 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 in a situation like that, you already know I'm. It's pretty much no, nah, uh, uh-uh. like I'm we we ain't having that. Not with me, we ain't having that. But at all, bro. Yeah, it's like you have to be held accountable. For your actions as an athletic director, when you have people telling you this, you have players coming and telling you this. You had assistant, I think an assistant coming to say something too. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna just say this. I could have been an assistant on Cam Newbar's staff and he's doing that. Because I'm telling you right now, no jail for beating the brakes off him. I'm beating the brakes off him. Bro, I'm thinking the same thing. Like, like you, you it's gonna take it's gonna take LAPD SWAT, Hawaii 50, whatever you got to get me off him, because I'm pretty much going to beat him in the next week if I see that happen. But it's like you can't allow this to happen as as an athletic director. This is on your watch. You have to be held accountable for it. You have to take responsibility for it. And it, it just seems like you were trying to sweep this under the rug and never let it get out. And that is a, like you said, that's a fireball offense. It really is, bro. And so, you know, we we hate that we even have to talk about this, but it, it happened in our program. And truth be told, even though this is a Florida-based show, 
if this happened in any program, we we were gonna bring this up regardless. Yeah, bro. Because I think another program handling junk wrong is LSU. Yeah, like, I mean, it's terrible. Yeah, I mean, look at what they got going on. I mean, like you, like this. This just should not happen under any athletic director with with common sense would not allow this to happen. Yes, I said common sense because where was uh Scott Strickland's common sense on this? You ain't have none. None whatsoever. And being buddy buddy. And, and that, that's not what this university is about at all. Like, yeah, we have, like, we, we talk about the Gator standard all the time. Something like this going on, that ain't the Gator standard. Bro, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of tired of that, bro, because let's be honest. We haven't seen any Gator standard for a while now in any aspect. Like, when was the last time you seen Gator standard, bro? It's sure the hype videos. It's been a while. But, Sure, the hype videos that you know Coach Savage uh, yelling and stuff are cool, but it maybe 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 the maybe the video editors and the, those guys are the only ones putting in relentless effort because what the freak? Yeah, I I I, I agree one hundred percent, and I I just I I don't I don't understand how I just don't understand how this can go on. I mean, because when you think about it. This has been going on for what three about three four years, and it's just now coming out. Yep, that's sick. Like, like that's sickening to me when you think about it. Because I'm uh, like, what, like why? And why was nothing done about it? I I, I really don't know. Like when I saw that it was. 2018, 2017, that run of time. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, are we serious, bro? I, I had I reaction. I'm like, uh, like, I how thought, is there, like, how is nothing done? Like, how? Like, this is not something you sweep under the rug because I'm looking at it like this Scott Strickland. If it was your daughter on the team, would you sweep it under the rug then? Mm. Absolutely not. You're going to be ready to fight for your daughter. And my thing is, bro, like, how long would he have kept this hidden if, like, nothing was ever brought up? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, that's that's crazy. Like I, like, I don't have children right now, but I got nieces. I got two nieces. Yep. Let me find out that, um... And see, it ain't gonna just be it ain't just gonna be her parents coming up there. I'm rolling up too. It's a straight fade. You can't be having that, bro. Yeah, and so like you know, like like we said, like we we talk all athletics on here. So when something like this happens, we we have to bring it up. Well, because, we have to we have to like it, that like because what's going on with these young women that's more important than anything athletic related. Like, like there are morals here, and so we and we want and we like Jerry and I, and anybody that comes on this show, anybody that's a guest on the show, we want to be part of the change. We want to help out in any way we can. So, Absolutely. yeah, to all young women out there, it don't matter what school you at, we we hear you, we see you, and we 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 here to do anything we possibly can to help out because 
This shouldn't happen to, to anybody, any woman, at all. A- absolutely, bro. Absolutely, like, and I, I really, I really wanted to you know, see where, no matter who it is, like, people need to be comfortable to just open up about that, bro. Like, I don't, I don't want it to be where, you know, they feel like they'll be shamed by fans or, you know, the higher uppers or the boosters. If you're an athlete, like, and you listen to this podcast or whatever, you know, if you do, if something's happening to you, I don't care who it is, express it, express yes. it, and be open about it. Yeah, because we we don't we don't want the main thing that we do as fans, we want to watch y'all succeed in any in everything that y'all do. Period. Point blank. And yeah. you don't have to be athletic related; it can be just in general. In general, like. If you had to be a five-star freaking burger flipper, we want to support you in anything you do. Whatever you want to do, it don't freaking matter. You could be a video game. It does not matter, bro. It does not matter. We want to see you succeed and excel in anything you do. Like, it's bigger than football, basketball, tennis, golf. We do not care because a lot of us do the same stuff. We're just fans. Like, we criticize you all, but we're just fans. We can't. We don't, we don't go through the things that y'all go through. So we want to be a support system for you guys in any way possible. Yeah, and man, yeah, he he pretty much hit the nail on Jerry hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, what it's just anything we can do, anything we can do to help. Yeah, us. yeah, just, man. Hey, re, you reach out to us. DM Our us, DMs bro. Are open, they're open. Just yeah. reach out to us. Like, yeah. if something's going on. Let us know. Tell us, and we're gonna we're gonna do everything we can to help out. In any situation, if, it, if something's going on and it needs to be public and you wanted to get out in public, hey, let us know. Like, yeah, because we, we want to see you guys succeed, but we want to see you guys. We want to see y'all just be able to be yourself and not right. have to live with something like this. Get the education, man. Yeah. Get the education and be happy. Have fun. Build relationships with people on campus, you know? Yeah, and... and like because what do we always say, Jerry? Mental health is important. Oh my God, bro! Like, depre- oh like God. depression and like that's real. Like you just never know what people are going through, and when something like this on campus is happening, like some of these former players came out and said they literally were dealing with mental health issues and depression because of this. Like and something me- like this going on causes a lot of issues. Yes, it, it's bad, bro. It's bad. Even having Andre on here talking about what it's like to you know lose a game you feel like you shouldn't lose you know going back to kind of we're talking about our football team us as fans too i want y'all to, if y'all listen to this i want y'all to hear this good bro because i feel like this is something we need to get into please do not at the football players do not at their parents do not they're going to name search but do not at them please don't like we any athlete not just do, football don't players. Don't, 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 add, don't, don't add none of the athletes, please. They see this stuff. Emory, there's no, t- somebody said, bro, you know, I, I'm going to bring it up. Somebody said, hang Emory Jones from a tree or whatever. Oh, hold on now. Hold, 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 hold Somebody hold said, hang Emory Jones with Dan Mullen. Wow. Who see, does stuff, see stuff like that? Who does that? Who, who does these things? Who, who's living in their mama's basement that had time to do that? Yeah, I said it, living in your mama's basement. That's probably what you're doing if you're going to tweet stuff like that. It's sad, bro. Like, it, it literally bothers me, bro. 
because you know they say this and they go and support who whoever and whoever. But do you realize what 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 you're saying? Like, do you realize what you're saying, bro? Like, do you know what kind of racial epithet that has? Like, it's you're, sickening. You're basically saying hang a black man from a tree. Do, do you, you do realize that's lynching? which was during the slavery movement, civil rights movement. You, you you realize that's literally what that means, right? It's garbage, bro. It's really garbage. And like, how can you live with yourself saying stuff like that? <sighs> bro, it's, it's sad, bro. Yeah, it's like you hear something like that, and it just makes you realize... Like there, there's just some sick people in this world. Like, yeah. like things like this need to be addressed. Like this isn't just this isn't just about about sports with us. This is about life too. So oh, it, it is, bro. It is. It straight up is, bro. And like I can already see where this is heading. I could, I can see where this football season's heading. When people start about to start doing, bro, it's not going to be nice what we see soon, bro. I'm telling you, like, it's yeah. not. I already things see the comments like that out of unravel like a whole team. Yep. And yep. and when you're doing stuff like that, and then you wonder and you and then you want to criticize players while you're playing back, stuff like this can unravel a team. Yes. Because they're not when they see that, they're not thinking. Then you want to tell them, oh, don't get on social media. Well they have every single right to get on social media. Like, exactly. These are and kids. not only that, you can't tweet stuff like that at them. Or write their name or just type their name thinking they're not going to see it and say stuff like that. And think that, and then try and tell them to stay off social media. Why? So they don't have to see what you're writing and what you really think of them? No, they're going to see that regardless. It's insane, bro. Like, I I went and checked out my guy Anthony Richardson's uh, likes. And, you know, people gave him flack for doing a flip, bro. Calling him a dummy and all this stuff. I'm like... What? And with those likes that he has, he book he pretty much what he's doing is bookmarking everything y'all say. Yep. So when y'all support him, or when y'all trying to quote unquote support him, that's what he's gonna come back with. Yep. Oh, where was this energy back then? Whenever I was doing backflips, now Remember, I say you want to support. No, it's like no, nah, you ain't gonna be two faced. Because they did it to Kadarius Tony too. People were harassing Tony bro about his beliefs in like I think it was a. Uh... What was it, BLM or something like that? Like I forgot what it was, but they were all over him. I think he wanted to sit out. He wanted to sit out, and people were bashing him, bro. I'm like, what in the world, bro? Like people just. <sighs> or when Frank's war, when Felipe Franks wasn't playing well, and all of a sudden they're telling him he needs to kill himself, talking about his mama and everything, and it's like he comes out against South Carolina. He he starts to turn it on. He, and he's shushing the crowd. Y'all mad they shushing the crowd. Well, I said before and I said again, he had every right to do it because of what y'all were saying. Like you talking about you telling me I should kill myself and, and talking about my mom. He's seen, he seen it all. He's seen that. He's it's seen like, it all, bro. It's like what you think he's gonna do? He has seen it all. So it's like, of course he's gonna be mad. And you know, I, I will be the first person to say that I feel like I went too hard on Felipe too. Like I was calling him trash and this and that. I thought about it, man. I'm like, you know what? He's a kid. He's a kid. He's just he's going out there and doing the coaches tell him to do. He's trying to be the best version of himself. 
he don't go out there purposely and you know do these things that he don't go out there and just say, "Oh, I want to throw an interception today." He don't purposely do it. He just it just happens. It happens, bro. It happens. Yeah, yeah, no, and I just and I just saw the um the post the post you were just talking about. Oh my god! Of course, it's on Facebook. You think people yep. ain't gonna see it? People still on Facebook, people. Okay, yep. I'm just letting you know. The I mean, parents of those kids are on Facebook, brothers. They're on Facebook. They're on Twitter. They're on Instagram. They on all social media platforms. They're everywhere. All of them. Even I don't know anybody really uses Snapchat, but still, they on there. Mm-hmm. They are. And so, I was like, you just got to be careful what you say to guy, what you say to people, because yep. you won't want nobody to say that to your child or somebody in your family. Oh man, they'll flip crap. Yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all flip, y'all flip all the way out. That would have happened. They will flip out. None of these people, man. None of these parents would take what Emory Jones' dad is going through right now, and it's not even close. Yeah, and and, and so we we just want, we just basically want to tell everybody, hey, like, just be, watch what you say. Like, think about what you say before you say it. Mm-hmm. Like, what did um, like, what do people on TV always use? What did they used to always say? Don't press sin. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like who was that used to say it all the time? Yeah, who was somebody used to say that all the time on television? Don't press mm. sin because when you press sin and then you try to delete the tweet, the tweet's already on there. Oh, it's already there. It be there. Somebody got a screenshot, and even if you delete it, they can look it up on the internet. It's gonna pop up even if you yep. delete it. Yep. So just yep, be careful sure. what you say before you say it. And with this women's program. Ladies that were a part of this program and are a part of this program now that play for Cam Newbauer, we offer our sincere apologies. We offer our thoughts and prayers. Like we just hate that y'all had to go through, y'all had to endure all of this. And we just hope and pray that it gets better for y'all. If you guys are dealing with any kind of depression or mental health issues, just find you can talk to anybody. You can talk to us. You, you may not even know us. You can talk to us, you can talk to anybody about it because you know it can be therapeutic and we just want y'all we just want y'all to be better to feel better to feel better about yourselves we want y'all to just be happy absolutely and you know I can't even you know man like myself and you too like I know like people we are sometimes man I'll even DM the players just to see how they are you know like yeah. Whoever it may be, like, yo, man, I, I try to give them encouragement. You know, hey, man, you had a good game. You know, keep pushing. Because, you know, a lot of times, guys, if you listen to fans, they may not respond to you guys, but trust their kids, they read it. If you can just go out of your way and just say, hey, man, good job, good game, or even tweet under their, you know, under their photos they post on Instagram, whatever, encourage these kids. Don't be saying they, don't do that. Encourage them. Encourage them. Yes. Exactly. And by the way, if you guys are listening to this, it is completely pouring down at my house right now. So if you hear if you hear some weird sound in the background, that's the rain. <laughs> it is coming down hard right now. Oh Lord. Matter of fact, I'm looking out my window and it looks like a darn hurricane out there right now. <laughs> but that that's that's what you hear. But yeah, Jerry hit the nail on the head right there. And you know, we just we just want to be an outlet for y'all as well. We we can we want to be that outlet for y'all. 
We for anybody, any, like we say, any kind of way we can help, we want to help. Definitely, no matter what way. And with that, do you have any? You know, you have any final thoughts before we close it out? Um, final thoughts, man. Uh, you know, on that, you know, AV pretty much said everything. Um, I'm glad we had this segment tonight. Um, because mental health is important, bro. Um, the the young women, I, I really. My heart goes out to them because I know how tough it is to have uh, anybody just abusing you and make you feel inadequate and, you know, inept. So uh, my thoughts and prayers are with those young ladies, and I hope they truthfully just grow and just get better from that. And I hope that, you know, any scar that they may have, like, I hope they heal from that. Um, but going back to sports uh, and, you know, Gator football, um, I just want to see our guys give – the best that they can give for the remainder of the year. I want to see our coaching staff push these guys. I want to see them actually try to get better. You know, I want to see uh, I want to see everybody play with confidence, play with a little swagger, loosen up. You know, the season is now just, you know, we just trying to see what y'all can do. So loosen up. You ain't got to be tight no more. Go out there and just do what you can do. And I'm sure if they give if, if y'all, if, if the Gators give 100% effort every game, the staff and the players alike, the Gator fans will be happy as can be. I guarantee you. Yeah, and, you know, I echo the same sentiments. You know, with the with the young women out there, you know, if you're going through anything, you know, just, just talk to anybody. You can talk to us. You can talk to family members. If you feel like you can't talk to them, talk to a close friend. Look, if you even if you don't believe in therapy, if you have to seek a therapist to talk about these issues, do it. Because, like we said, mental health mental health is very important. And we just, like he said, like Jerry said, we want to see you guys grow from this. We want to see you guys, you know, just just be happy. Be, be able to, you know, go through life without having to deal with this kind of burden. And, you know, back to the Florida football team, you know, I just want to see urgency. I want to see... Yep. Just effort, and then not and not just for the not just the players, the coaching staff. I want to see aggressive play calling. I want to see, like, if it's late in the first half, you got a chance to go for points, do it. Like we we want to see that. We want to see that relentless effort that we always talk about. We want to we want to see that. We just want to see. We just want to see better play, because. We are way too talented to be just taking games off, thinking we can just out athlete everybody. Way too talented for that. It may not show in the quote unquote recruiting rankings, but we have some really, really good players on this football team. Yes, we so do. The talent is there. And if you want to be a championship level program, it starts from the top. Everybody has to coach at a championship level, play at a championship level. It just, just don't let up. Don't let up. Absolutely. Like put the teams that you know you're supposed to beat, go out there and beat them and put them away early. Got to, bro. Like, go go punish them, man. We try we trying to we trying to see them get you know see the Gators ball, bro. We we want to see y'all do well. We want to see y'all get drafted high. We want to see all of that. Yeah, exa- exactly, exactly. Um, and no, I think I got this. Yeah, you had the song. You had the song last show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we forgot to even mention that. So what was that song on the last show, by the way? Because we forgot to mention that. The last show. What did I? What did I tell? Let me see. 
Can I, I think, even I think it was Drake. Champagne Poetry? No, it was all oh, I know what it was now. It was Young oh, Live Twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yep. Yeah, so um that oh was my God. loud thunder right there. I, I that, bro. <laughs> yeah, that was that was crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> what did our parents used to tell us when we were little? The angels in heaven are bowling. Somebody the multiple angels just hit strikes. Man. At the same time. So whoever bowling up there, uh send me down some of them skills because uh, I'm trying to bowl two hundred still. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I got the song of the week. I'm gonna go with you know I'm gonna kinda I'm gonna kinda slow it down a little bit. Okay, yeah, definitely. And, I think and I was and I was down to two songs. Because I want to use this specific artist, and I'm gonna save one of them for the next time I add a song of the week. So I'm gonna play this one first. Song I'm gonna go with, and I'm gonna give you a hint for it because I always said this: if I have a daughter, I'm gonna name her after this singer. But I'm gonna go Chris Brown featuring Aaliyah. Don't think they know. Okay. Okay. And you heard the feature, so that tell you everything you need to know about what I said before. Breezo and the goat. Gone too soon. Gone too soon. So, and the next time I had a song week, it, that song that I played then is going to be my all-time favorite song by her. But I'm going to slow it. We're going to slow it down with that. You know, I mean, RIP to one of the goats. I mean, just gone too soon. Her and Lisa Lethal Lopez in, he- in heaven right now making platinum, double, triple platinum record right, right now. Right, legendary, legendary. So yeah, I'm, we're gonna go with that. And um, you know, this has been another great episode of the Swamp Inside Ford Athletics. We just again, we want to thank Andrea Carter for coming on and joining us. Andrea, and, uh, you know, just ta- just talking ball with us and. Yeah. During basketball season, men and women's basketball, d- d- during the season, um, we're gonna definitely have it back on, and we may even yep. try and get it back on for the um, after the WNBA finals, kind of break that down, the yep. WNBA playoffs, and break that down because, man, it's some good, it's some good players out there. When you know, of course, you got Candace Parker out there playing, uh, and the Phoenix Mercury are playing the Connecticut Sun, I believe, and um, they got their big three and Brittany Griner, Skylar Diggins Smith, and Diana Taurasi. Who is still balling, right? And uh, and also Sue Bird. I agree with the Seattle Storm fans. One more year, one more year, please. Don't <laughs> don't leave us right now. We're not ready for that. We are not we are not mentally prepared for that. But again, this has been another great episode of the the Swamp Inside Ford Athletics with your with your co-hosts Anthony Beck and Jerry Brown. We're gonna leave you as we always do. Go Gators and God bless. Go Gators and God bless, man. On to the next. Let's beat Vanderbilt. Beat Vanderbilt. Yes, sir. Don't let them tell you any different Yeah, yeah, yeah They don't know about us They don't know about it, about it. I owe it all to
Oh, 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 oh. Say that song, don't think they know 